what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hey, I'm Amy Chang, and I'm a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and this is Healthy AF. Here, we're going to bring to you all things health. You'll hear stories of people who have transformed their health, and in the meantime, transformed their lives. We'll answer those burning questions about the newest health strategies, and we'll tackle some common roadblocks that my clients bring to me all the time. Lastly, we're going to talk to some practitioners who will bring to you different modalities that they're passionate about and how you could benefit from using those. So buckle in. We're going to be inspired, instructed, and have a little fun with Healthy AF. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Healthy AF. I am super excited about the podcast today. We decided to change it up just a little bit for a couple of episodes and have uh, just me. So you're getting all my answers. We ask you guys to send in some questions and they arrived. So I've got three questions for you today. I think we'll probably tackle two. The other one is massive. So that may be another podcast. Um, And I hope this is helpful to you. These are just my thoughts on common questions that I get or questions that other people sent in. So Without spinning wheels and jibber-jabbering away, let's get rolling. First question was from Bren. And her question was, what do you do when you hit a plateau? When you've been doing all the right work and you've been making some results, and then all of a sudden you hit a plateau. This is a great question. Um, And it comes up all the time. If you've ever done the work and put in the effort and found something that's going to work for you and everything is going along really well and then you hit that wall, you know how frustrating that can be. You just feel so stuck and kind of out of options. So here's what I would say. You know, for one thing, I just disclaimer here. When we actually work through this in a coaching session, it doesn't sound like me telling you what to do. When we work through this in a podcast, (laughs) it's going to sound like me telling you some things you can do. But when we work through it in a coaching session, uh, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds more like me asking you questions and you coming up with some answers that actually work for you and your body And then us putting some structures in place to make sure those actions happen and we know how to measure them well. So let me just put that out as a disclaimer. This is me just vomiting up on you what my thoughts and ideas are from my own self and from my practice with people. So first thing first, if you're cruising right along, you're making results, everything's happy-go-lucky, and then all of a sudden the the, uh, breaks squeal and you are stopped in your progress. First tip is to start tracking everything. It's likely that if you have a really good habit of something, that two ounce serving of chicken that you used to measure out six weeks ago has now become three ounces or three and a half and you're not watching it very closely anymore. It might be that um, you've got some hidden 
data that you haven't really looked at. Like, uh, this happens a lot. You think you're still eating really 80% of the time pretty well, but actually it slipped to 60% of the time. And um, you just need to track that up. So I have a whoop that I love. If you don't know what that is, it's W-H-O-O-P and it is a biometric measuring uh, wrist band that I wear all the time. And I was very resistant to getting it. Um, I thought that it was very trendy and uh, I've already spoken before on my podcast how I get very defiant and I did not want to be like the rest of the cool kids having the whoop. And I was working with my um, doctor and my health coach and uh, they said, Amy, you need to get a whoop. And I was like, uh, I don't really know about a whoop. You know, I was grumbling. And my doctor just said to me, look, Amy, you know this. You uh, measure what you track. And he was exactly right. You really do focus in on what you are willing to track. So what I find with people and with myself is that when we hit those plateaus, it's time to start tracking better because we may have loosened up our tracking and there's some data there that we can find that will likely be eye-opening for us that will help us make the small changes that will break through that plateau. So that's your tip number one. If you hit a plateau, start tracking your stuff. And I mean everything, you know, the food you're eating, the exercise you're getting, the sleep you're getting, the hydration you're getting, how many times you're playing, having fun, having sex a week, all the good things in life, right? Start tracking. Second tip, if you are hit hitting a plateau, make some changes. So you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. When you hit that plateau and everything's been going great and then you're not making any results anymore, you know, our bodies are designed to easily accommodate what we're asking them to do. So, you know, losing weight for your body, even though that might be a goal for you, isn't something your body wants to do readily. So once you hit that calorie deficit, and you start losing weight, your body will only lose a certain amount of weight before it's like, wait, well, we got to get used to this. We've got to change our metabolism. We've got to, you know, be able to perform at the level she is asking us to perform at without wasting away into nothing, right? So your body's going to try to accommodate that. It's really a beautiful system. Like I'm always taken aback when we really start looking at um, the systems and the, the safety systems of the body. This is a total side note, by the way, safety systems of the body. Uh, God is such a beautiful miracle. Like, did you know that when you cut your finger, uh, instantaneously, your body both sets the chemical response to stop the bleeding, to create a clot and also to bust up that clot. Isn't that fascinating? What a beautiful, beautiful machine these bodies are of ours. So they're smart like that. And when you go on a, I'm going to lose some weight and you hit that plateau, 
It's your body getting used to what you're asking it to do. And that's exactly what it's supposed to do. You don't have to chuck out your whole system, but make some changes. Like maybe you intermittent fast every day from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Maybe you want to switch that up a little bit. Maybe you eat a little bit earlier in the day. Maybe you only do that five days a week. Maybe you look at decreasing your uh, caloric intake on two days, or maybe you fast a full day and then um, do your intermittent fasting the rest of the days. So you don't have to just throw out your intermittent fasting and go like, oh my God, well, it worked for a while, but now it doesn't work. Oh my gosh, it must not be good. I got to do keto now. You know, don't, don't be burning the shit down. Just try a small change and see what happens. Same thing on your exercise routine. Um, if you've been lifting a lot of weights, try throwing in some cardio. Uh, try doing a little bit more hit. Try doing a little bit more functional stuff. Um, God, throw in a yoga class. You know, there's some interesting data, actually, that I just was reading about in the last couple of weeks about breathing and Tai Chi and uh, some of those slower movements that are, um, if combined properly with breathing, can have as, as much impact as like walking. So there's some really good data coming out now about different modalities. Explore some of those. You know, it doesn't mean you have to just never lift weights. Gosh knows I love picking up some heavy shit now all day long and twice on Sunday. But sometimes you need to just change some things up, find some yoga, do some, do some things that you had not considered doing before. So that's my second tip is don't throw out your whole regime, but make some small changes. Just shift some stuff around if you're hitting a plateau. Third tip, when you've hit your plateau and you're still doing all your exercising and you're still doing all your nutrition stuff and you think everything is going pretty well, maybe you're tracking it, maybe you're seeing, you know, like, I don't know why I'm still eating the same amount of calories. I'm still, you know, doing the same workouts. Check in with your sleep and your stress. I find that sleep and stress can make big, big differences in what our body is willing to do for us. And I think that most people sort of, um, it's not that they poo-poo it. I, I think that most people, myself included, we just start going so fast that we don't think about it. And so it's that variable that we don't look at. So we don't know to look at it. <laughs> it's in a blind spot. So I'd say third tip on a plateau is check your sleep and stress. All right. Now I've got two no-nos for you on plateauing. All right. And I think these, one of these is the biggest hamstringer. We'll start with the um, we'll start with the easier first. A lot of people when they plateau uh, will hit the oh well I just need to do more. If I'm exercising an hour a day, I just need to do ninety minutes. If I'm only eating you know twelve hundred calories, maybe I just need a thousand. And they do that whole I'm just going to put my head down and grind even harder. I would say that's something to avoid. 
Now, if you're working with a trainer or you're working with a nutritionist, dietitian, you know, somebody's giving you meal plans, you know, that's a conversation to have. Um, and then you can follow their recommendation. But many of us, it's sort of hardwired that if you're not getting the results you want, clearly it's all your fault because you're not working hard enough. And that's some bullshit right there. Um, that'll drive you down into the ground and, and it'll lead you into beating yourself up. So I'd say definitely when you hit your plateau, if your first knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, I just need to work harder and be a better person, stop, like, <laughs> push the pause button on that, <laughs> hang on, like, take a few deep breaths, uh, really congratulate yourself for what you have done, and then start looking, you know, maybe what you want to uh, move forward with and try but that whole like, oh, I just need to do more, harder, faster, better because I'm not enough and I'm not doing it right probably is a, is a little bit of a red flag. I know it is for me, man. I know it for sure is for me. And that leads us right into my second no-no for when you're in a plateau. My second no-no for when you're in a plateau is the negative self-talk. So I was just talking with my daughter one of my daughters about uh, this podcast actually, and sort of planning it out. And she said, mom, you know, sometimes people say, don't do self-talk. And then when my self negative self-talk and when my negative self-talk um, starts popping up, then I'm mad at myself because I'm doing negative self-talk and I think I'm wrong. So be, be specific on that. <laughs> so here I am being specific. What to do about negative self-talk. So you've put in the work, you've gotten some results, and now you're at a plateau. You're likely frustrated. You don't know what to do. Your confidence might be waning. Um, you might be thinking things like, uh, I'm never going to reach my goal. This is not going to work. I can't believe this is happening again. I just seem, can't seem to be able to get there. I can't do anymore. This is hopeless. I don't want to... Um, cut anything else out of my diet. I don't want to exercise anymore. Oh my God, this is horrible. I'm horrible. I'm never going to be able to do it. So when I have stuff like that pop up, it's really important that I have the measurement tools in place so that I can look at what is really real. And what is really real are going to include other measurement data points like, okay, maybe your weight has stopped decreasing. What's your strength look like? Or um, what's your energy level look like? Or what's your mental health look like? Or how many times have you lost your shit with your kids in the last month that you've been exercising? Because those things make a difference. And sometimes we get so focused on one data point that we don't look at the other data points. And those other data points are the things that can keep you out of the self negative self-talk when you've hit a plateau because it ha can have you see some of the other ways that you have progressed in your health by instituting the healthy changes that you've put in place. That's the first thing. If I'm really in a pinch and I, I don't know if this is going to, I really don't know if this is actually going to communicate on the podcast, but but I'm going to throw it out there. 
I like to remember that there's a little girl who lives inside me. And her name is Amy. And she's scared. And she's scared particularly of failing. Because if you fail, then maybe people won't love you. And maybe they'll leave you. That's what my little girl Amy says to me pretty much 20, <laughs> pretty much 24-7. That's that's little Amy on on uh <laughs> on loop there. And so when I hear these negative uh negative statements in my head, you know, you're not doing enough, maybe I just need to work harder. Um I, you know, I need to cut out more. I'm not going to be able to reach this goal. I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. I've done everything I know to do. It's impossible. When I hear those things, I turn around and say like, oh gosh, hey, little Amy, I know that you are so afraid of me failing and that if I keep trying, that I've got an increased chance of failure. And I know you love me and I know you're trying to keep me safe. And I don't need that right now. So I'm going to go ahead and try some more stuff and see what happens. That way I can be really graceful to myself when those negative things pop up. And I can understand it's just my ego, my little baby girl ego, trying to protect my big badass 50-year-old self. And I don't need it anymore. But I can still appreciate how it developed and not beat myself up a fourth time for having those thoughts. So I think that's all I have to say on negative self-talk. I don't know. Maybe we have more. Um, Hopefully that gives you something. And those are the three tips and the two no-nos that I would give to you about what to do when you hit a plateau. I hope that's been helpful. Okay, second question was um, from Dustin, my friend Dustin, and he says, um, you know, when he thinks about health and wellness journey, he thinks about nutrition, how to dial that in, and exercise, and how to have some consistency. Okay, so this is great, because when he asked this question, I said, Oh, this is awesome because my nutrition is a really sticky spot for me and I'm not very consistent in the gym. Fantastic. I get to tackle that one. Bring it on. So here's here are some thoughts because this is a very general, broad topic. So um, my thoughts on this are these. Uh, not to swim around in this for, you know, the next you know, 90 minutes because we surely could. This is a very broad topic. But just to bring down to you, If you want to start, if you want to start looking at your nutrition and looking at your exercise and being consistent in those, I've got a few tips. First tip is with your nutrition, look at adding stuff in. Instead of taking things out, I can't have sweets. I can't have, uh, I don't know. Sweets are my go-to. Uh, let's see. What do other people have to give up? I can't have too much bread. I can't have a baked potato. I can't have um, red meat. You know, whatever you are thinking that you can't have. Instead of focusing there, focus in. Focus on adding in. 
Like I'm going to add in a glass of water when I wake up before I do anything or even have my coffee. Or I'm going to add in a salad before I eat dinner every night. Think of the things you want to add in instead of the things you want to take out. One thing that I really love doing with my clients, and I've had this work with a couple of different people, is adding in color. You know, and I'm not talking about colored M&Ms and Skittles and stuff, okay? I'm talking about real colors that we find in nature that are grown, right? But, you know, your different colors have different vitamins and minerals in them, and they affect different parts of your body. So if you can have five colors on your plate at, I don't know, one meal a day, that's better than no colors. You know, if you think about it, a lot of times the color that I have on my plate, I've got white potatoes, maybe orange if I have a sweet potato. And we'll just go with like a hamburger patty, so a brown. And I might not even have anything green on there. I mean, I struggle with my nutrition. But let's just say uh, I was doing great and it's green beans. I got a can of green beans open. I did myself a baked potato and I've got a, a piece of chicken. Great. Well, that's only three colors. And really two are white. (laughs) So really, you could almost say that's only two colors. But what would it be like if I sliced up some red peppers and put in there or some yellow peppers? And maybe instead of making a baked potato, I even did breakfast potatoes with a purple onion. Those things make a difference. And so just adding in what colors are you eating could be a fun, interesting way to start that nutrition journey. Keyword start. So my tip for nutrition is add in, don't take out. Um, Okay, so exercise and consistency. I want to pause here too and, and, and throw in a side note. When I work with my people, a lot of times we do, we go ahead and we do their health assessment. They look at like all the areas of their life. Okay, we're looking at mind-body connection. We're looking at mindfulness, um, spirituality, personal professional growth, nutrition, exercise and, uh, and rest, exercise movement and rest. So we, lo- we look at everything and everywhere, right? And even in all of that looking and assessing, a lot of times what pops up first is they want to focus on their moving exercise and rest, which is basically their exercise program, and their nutrition, because those two things are glaring. Occasionally, occasionally something else will pop up. Occasionally, you know, people will say like, wow, after doing the assessment, I really have gotten it for myself. My spirituality has been in the tank. And if we started there, some other kinks might work themselves out. And I think that's great. You know, that's why we do the assessment, because there's everybody starts at a different place. But when my people come and say, okay, I've done the assessment and really the two places I need to focus are exercise, movement, and rest and nutrition, I take them here. Which one is your driver? What I mean by that is typically people will say, well, if I clean up my diet, I'll start exercising. Or if I start exercising, I typically clean up my diet. That's how I roll. If my wheels are really off the bus, I get my ass into the gym. And if I can just get in the gym, 
then my nutrition will start shaking itself out. Uh, I don't, I really think it's a mindset thing, but the more and more I learn about my body and the energies that live in my body and, and how my body talks to me without even me knowing it, the more and more I think, huh, I probably start working my body. And then my body's like, Hey, Hey lady, I need a little bit more protein. Okay. So lay off the chocolate chip cookies because I need some protein. You're asking me to build muscle and I can't do that. So I would always say to people, look at your driver and you can look back in your past and see how that has worked. Most people have a pattern, which came first, chicken or the egg. Did your nutrition improve and then your exercise fell into place or is it the the other way around? Okay. Now, when you look at consistency and exercise, I again say to people, when you start an exercise program or start back into an exercise program, small steps make the most results. Okay. So the, I haven't been in two years to, I'm going five days this week. Please don't do that to yourself. Please don't ask your body to do that. Please don't ask your energy bandwidth to sustain all that because that's just eating a Big Mac and a bite. It's not going to work out well for you. And it's just going to be a shit show start to finish. You're probably not going to sustain that habit. But set a small goal. You know, we've talked before on this podcast, I know, and I talk with my clients all the time about red light, yellow light, green light. And when you are beginning actions, you want to stay in the green lights. The green lights are, I know I can do that. I know I can tie my shoe. I know I can... Uh, fry up some okra that's delicious. I know I can walk a mile. Your yellow lights, okay? Your yellow lights are, I think I maybe can do that. Like, I think I can maybe run a mile. Or um, I think I maybe can avoid sugar for a week. That's a maybe. Your red lights are, I know I can't do that. I know I can't do that. I know I can't run a mile in less than nine minutes. I know I can't do three strict pull-ups in a row. I know that I can't avoid sugar for six months. Okay. These are the big ones. The reason we start with greens is because you got to build up some tolerance for that habit. That habit is not your one job in your whole life. So you got some energy bandwidth. You can't put all your energy bandwidth on that one habit. If you do, everything else in your life is going to tank and your little life is going to be a shit show. And then you're not going to keep up that habit because something's got to go. So we use our green lights because they are easy. They tell us that we can do it. We're capable and we're confident. So pick that thing you know you can do. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a 15-minute walk. It could be going to the gym and doing a 15-minute walk. It could be going to the gym and doing one class. It could do. Uh, it could be even like sometimes those first actions are, I need to find a gym. I need to take some time and sit down and research what gym I want to go to. 
I need to ask three friends what gym they've gone to, you know, or I need to find an exercise program online. I need to figure out what it is I actually like to do. How do I actually like to move my body? Is it kayaking? Is it dance? Is it softball? I don't know. You know, how is it that you like to move your body and, and what feels fun for you? And then choose a small green light action for at least the first two, maybe three weeks that you can accomplish and get some confidence underneath you. Then you want to sprinkle in your yellow lights and you want to do your yellow lights because they give you a little bit more confidence. You know, if you can think about um, scoops of ice cream, because, you know, I do love sweets. Um, if you think about scoops of ice cream, your green light activities, they give you a scoop and it's a good scoop and it's tasty. It makes you feel good. Your yellow lights give you a double scoop. I mean, it really has you walking around proud. Your red lights, holy crap, when you can accomplish a red light, oh, it is on like Donkey Kong. You're going to have to deflate your head before you come in through the door. That's how great you're going to feel. But they can also crush you. You try your red lights all the time. It's just like getting a punch straight in the nose day after day after day. And that's why we sprinkle our red lights. Our red lights are our every three months, every six months testers. They're that 5K you sign up for. See if you can do it in a certain time. They're that competition or that big goal that you've been training for. So that's where I would say your consistency comes in. With, you, with doing exercise, pick something you like. Stay in your green lights small actions at least for the first two, three weeks, and then start sprinkling in your yellows and then sprinkle in some reds. And that's how I see people be consistent with their exercise. Now, it's funny because when Dustin said that, you know, when he was like, oh, consistency exercise, and I was like, oh, yeah, my consistency sucks. Actually, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to be pretty hard on myself. Um and I think we all do. That's that's one thing I find in my coaching that uh, helps me coach is that I do it too. Like I get that, right? I'm, I, I set a goal a long time ago to get to the gym three days a week. And I've met that goal. And recently I've been pushing to four days a week. So there are some weeks that I drop back and do three days a week. And I'm getting to where I'm a little bit uh, disappointed maybe. That I, that I didn't go as many times as I did. But that wasn't my goal. My goal was three days a week. And I've been accomplishing that. So again, when we talk about data points and we talk about sustainability and motivation and consistency, make sure you're looking at your data points and giving yourself kudos because that's what's going to help keep you going. All right, well, we are at 30 minutes. I can't believe I chitter-chattered this long about these things. And, and really, like with big, broad, general things like this, couldn't we all talk about it for, you know, two weeks? There's just so many nuanced things to think of. I hope those little tips gave you some actionable ways to go into action for yourself this week. 
And I also hope that it's stirring up some possibilities of things that you didn't didn't dare to allow yourself to think that maybe you could do. So I guess we'll wrap with me just telling you, you can do it. You're not all by yourself. Your body is a flipping miracle. Be grateful for it. And we're all here with you. Just getting healthy one day at a time. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. If you did, like and share it. Pass it on. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy AF Podcast. I hope that it has helped you create a new possibility for your health and sets you into action to go get it. If you want more information or if you want to connect with me, visit my website at myhealthylife.coach. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that each new Healthy AF episode will be sent directly to you. Let's take you from where you are to where you want to go. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.